Don't miss the Can-Am Holiday Volleyball Showcase, North America's premier men's volleyball event. Experience and enjoy world-class athletes, coaches, and competition in Toronto this holiday season, December 28th to 31st at the Toronto Pan-Am Sports Centre. Get your tickets while they last at www.cahvs.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Thanks to friend of the show, Andy Koss, and Ohio State visiting the Can-Am event, we were able to get in touch with a senior there. So this athlete, like I said, is a senior at Ohio State. He's also played at Santa Barbara College, and he's represented the U.S. at U21 and U19. So please welcome to the show, Kyle Skinner. Thanks for doing this, Kyle. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess let's use that as a lead-in. So university and college teams here, we actually have competitions starting in the fall where it sounds like from your coaching staff, um, the Can-Am Showcase is going to be one of your first competitions with the Ohio State squad for this year, right? Yeah, we had a a quick preseason tournament, but this will be kind of our our start to the season and uh, our start to uh, kind of getting into competition uh, after this winter break that we're currently on. So what does preseason look for you guys? Because you would arrive in September. Are you guys in the gym right away, or do you get time off? Like, what does it look like kind of building into the season? Because you're, you're right, your first league game will be January, I think, right? Yeah. Um, so our preseason starts pretty much immediately. We're uh, in the weight room working out. We're in the gym getting reps. Uh, a lot of open gym opportunities for the guys to get in and just start getting touches with each other again. Um so it really starts right away, and then we kind of slowly build into training every day once we get our our time to uh, to do like practices. So I guess the big question on everybody's mind is: you're from California, but you ended up at an East Coast uh, East Coast school, excuse me. And the big thing that I'm hearing from coaches is if you want to wanted a better than average chance of playing for a national championship, I'd say in the last 10 years, it was stay out West because those teams are dominating. But it looks like in the last six years, the East has actually taken down four of those. What went in your decision to kind of travel East and leave the volleyball hotbed that is California? Yeah. So going from California to Ohio state was, it was definitely challenging and it was a big decision. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that pushed me to, to make that jump and to, to switch from, being on the West coast to moving out to the Midwest was really getting out there and seeing the campus and, and the kind of culture that's been built around Ohio state, obviously them winning two national championships recently had a factor in me wanting to go there. It's a very competitive school volleyball wise, but I think the biggest thing for me was just the culture of the school. Um, when you step onto the campus, there's this energy that you feel being at, a really big school with a really kind of great culture around athletics and around uh, supporting sports. And so that really kind of drew me into transferring out to Ohio State. Now, the more I learn about it, the more I'm going to say it might be the best rivalry in all sports. And Coach Birch and I talked about this when he came on the show. What's it like being a student with the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry? Obviously, they don't have a men's volleyball program, so it might not hit as close to home. But just seeing how in football documentaries, they won't say each other's names. Uh, M's are being crossed out on campus. Like, What's that like experience, that rivalry, as, as a student and seeing it firsthand? Yeah, so I'd say that's one of the most like exciting things to look forward to in the year outside of competition for volleyball. Um, I actually got to go to the Michigan game this year at Michigan and you just get the sense that 
everyone's in it, everyone's committed to this rivalry, and it really turns it into this this fun competitive atmosphere where it's not it's not as crazy as people make it out to be. It's not like at each other's throats, but it's this amazing competitive drive that really kind of brings both schools into this uh this fight each year to see who's going to kind of claim the title and and dominate the other school and it was really amazing being at the Michigan Stadium this year to see Ohio State travel so well and fill up a large section of a Michigan stadium and just the that like craziness and that energy is is really cool to be a part of as a men's volleyball player, is there any rivalry you guys have that you kind of circle on the calendar? Obviously not in that scale, because like I said, it might be the best one in all of sports, but is there any game that uh, your campus gets fired up for a volleyball game? Yeah, we so- certainly have a rivalry against Penn State. Um, I would say that's kind of our our biggest game of the year in terms of trying to get people to come out and, and heckle and be loud at our games and, and create a, a really intense atmosphere around that game. Um, yeah, it's last year that was probably our biggest crowd and it was it was fun. It was a really great great energy and I don't know, at least for me personally, it's it's fun to be in a gym where it's loud and it's aggressive and crazy and it makes you more excited to play out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hopefully we can get the those crowds going for the Can Am event. So, have you have you been a part of any teams that have come to Canada and played an exhibition game before or any Canadians come down to you guys? So outside of beach volleyball, I haven't been in any, any competitions with Canadian teams or gone to Canada to compete. Um, I got to, I got to compete against a bunch of Canadian teams in beach volleyball growing up. Um, they were always coming down to tournaments in Southern California and so I got to know a good amount of the uh, the junior national team for Canada doing that. But this will be the first time that I actually go to Canada to compete. Nice. Yeah, I think this is an exciting event for the organizers. I think the for us to have Ryerson, McMaster, Trinity, and Alberta at one venue is awesome. And then to complement it with some NCAA schools, it just makes it a really, really exciting event. Um, one thing I wanted to follow up with you, just because your coach mentioned um, – Ohio State kind of has an identity that they like to score from the end line and they like to serve with a lot of purpose. So I was wondering if you could give us a player's perspective of how how that's kind of designed in practice and what that actually means. Like, are you are you going for it? Are you ripping it on your serve every time you go back? Or what is kind of the serving strategy from a player's standpoint? Yeah, I would say that from a player's standpoint, our serving strategy really revolves around being aggressive and getting the other team out of system. Um, certainly it'll, it'll vary depending on what team we're playing and what strategy we're running. Uh, but certainly in practice, we have a mentality of you should be going for it every time. And there's no, there's no repercussion for, for going for it and making an error as long as you know what you're doing and you know what you're going for and you have a strategy behind it. So I'd say we're definitely, we've definitely worked on pushing that line between, consistency and being really aggressive to get the other team out of system. 
Yeah, because the more more coaches I talk to, it seems like they have little rules where you're not allowed to miss a serve after timeout, or you might not be able to miss a serve if the guy in front of you misses. Where what I'm learning is it sounds like Ohio State and what John Spraw's doing at UCLA and what the national team is, it's an independent skill, so you might as well go back there and hit your best serve, right? We're not linked together, so everybody should be able to go for it regardless of what happened before. Yeah, certainly. And I, th- I think the biggest thing for our team is having that that focus from the end line and really being dialed in on what you want to do with your serve. And as long as you have that in your head and you're clearly working towards that, there's no, there's no, oh, you can't miss after a timeout or you can't miss at a certain point in the game. It's really give it everything you've got. So in your opinion, how's the team coming together this year? So obviously you being a senior but transferring in, um, it sounds like most of – uh, the athletes who would have been on the national championship team have kind of cycled out. So it's kind of a new group uh, kind of battling for the same goal. How would you say you guys are looking this point in the season? Yeah, certainly. Uh, it's It's been an interesting change. Uh, we brought in a, a lot of new guys this year. And at least with our team, I really like the dynamic that we have. We very quickly transition in the freshmen and get them to feel like they're a part of the team. And really, we've we've come together this year and We've been training really hard together. We've been kind of battling through some things to, to create this new system with a new coach, and we're in a new facility. And so we've really just been working together on building that team chemistry. And I think certainly with cycling through at least the class that was my graduating class and a lot of those guys who, like, we had a really high percentage of NCAA players this last year go on to play on professional teams and so there's really a lot kind of up in the air this year about who's going to be competing um in those top slots this year so looking up and down your roster um it does look like there there is a balance like you being from out west but uh some locals being on the team and ohio state's been really good about uh, recruiting some internationals what would you kind of credit to the growth to volleyball because as i mentioned earlier like if you go from like the 70s in uh, men's volleyball all the way to 94 that was the first time like an east team really battled and was competitive and won i think it was penn state won in 94 what do you think's helped balance out uh men's volleyball and how's it keep to kind of grow across the u.s it's a good question um i feel like they've done a they've done a better job in the midwest of recruiting um West Coast talent and diverse talent and bringing in guys from Europe and kind of developing a roster that's that's very, um, I don't know, very, very connected between different styles of volleyball and pulling in guys who aren't just local, aren't just from the Midwest teams. And some Midwest guys are starting to come out to the West Coast and you don't really see that that division of volleyball anymore. It's really more more connected and more mixed in between these different sections of the country and even outside of the country. Um, and I think that's really exciting for the sport. Um, it it creates this this culture within volleyball that is international and pulls in a lot of different styles of of competition. So with you growing up in Santa Barbara, did you start playing indoor volleyball or was beach your first start? And and how old were you when you really started taking volleyball seriously? Yeah, so beach volleyball was my start. I had been down on the beach since I was about four years old. My parents played for fun and um, it was really just, it was a lifestyle for me growing up. It was every weekend we were at the beach and so it was either sit there and read a book or pick up a volleyball and 
and start learning how to play. Nice. And so for me really early on, it was just something that I was passionate about and something that was fun for me. And then once I got to middle school um, in eighth grade, I started competing for my school and it was competing indoor, which was new to me. But it wasn't at the highest level, and it certainly wasn't something that I was as comfortable with at the time. Um, And so I really, while I played in middle school and high school indoors, I was really focused on competing on the beach. I started doing the junior national team with uh, the USA Volleyball program and really got got bought into that program and uh, started training really hard and competing for that so that I could travel and be my best in beach volleyball. So I wouldn't say it was until probably about my senior year in high school when I joined a a very competitive club team when I really started pushing to to compete indoors um, and set my sights on this idea that I could go and and compete for uh, an NCAA team. Nice. So with beach being so accessible when you're young, would you guys just organize your own things and go down and play? Like obviously – you, you mentioned it was with your family a lot and maybe some friends. Like, you wouldn't have a coach necessarily. Like, you guys would just kind of build up some hours just playing for fun a lot? Yeah, I don't think I had a coach playing beach until I was maybe uh, probably 16 when I started doing the USA programs. Um, up until then, it was really just playing with my parents, playing with my family. My sister also plays beach volleyball. And so it was more just a family event that – Obviously, I was an extremely competitive kid growing up, so it turned into me wanting to beat my parents as good as I could, and then started doing some tournaments and playing with friends, and didn't have a coach, but just would push myself to go out there and train on the sand and hit as many balls as I could, serve as much as I could, just to get that experience. Yeah, we do have some American listeners, but the majority of us are, are Canadian. So can you kind of just fill us in? What's the scene like in Santa Barbara? Like, would you have to travel a lot once you started playing competitively and with the junior national team? Or is there a really good beach scene there? Like, and, and how far would you have to travel if you did? So I didn't move into Santa Barbara until I was a junior in high school. And that was really when I started competing uh in volleyball, I had done a little bit the year before with the USA program, um, but it was really my junior year in high school that I started kind of challenging myself to compete um, at an even higher level. And in Santa Barbara, the scene is really focused around, it was me playing with older guys, it was me playing with um, guys who who weren't necessarily playing professionally, but certainly playing at the highest level for uh, CBVA tournaments which are kind of our uh, California uh, tour of volleyball tournaments, if you will, which have levels from youth up and to like essentially below the, below the AVP level. Um, And so that for me was kind of my start. I went from playing these youth tournaments to my junior year in high school, really jumping into wanting to beat men's teams and compete in these men's tournaments and kind of earn a ranking in that uh, that program. And so I was practicing in Santa Barbara, but the tournaments in Santa Barbara were few and far between. And so really from here, it was driving two hours down to LA 
to uh, compete in tournaments down there, train down there. That's where a lot of the coaches were. And then each summer, I would I would live in L.A. I would essentially couch surf, just staying with friends, sleeping on floors and couches for two months so I could be on the USA team down there and, and compete at the highest level that I could. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. I just wanted to clarify, um, how do you either get selected for the USA program or do you qualify? So right now in the Canadian system, we just have a trials. It's an open tournament, and, and the team who wins gets our bid to go to either U19 or U21, whatever year it is. Um, did you have like a formal tryout or were you identified at these tournaments you're playing at? Like how does one kind of get intake into the program? Yeah. So I think the program has, has changed recently. I've kind of been out of the scene recently, but when I started, it was a, a kind of tryout of a sort. You would go down and for a weekend you would, you would compete and they would take measurements on your vertical and your speed and all sorts of things. And then you would, playing a tournament and the coaches would kind of analyze you and decide, okay, are you ready for this, this kind of a one level? Or there was a second level that was more of a a developmental camp. Um, and I think that's changed somewhat over the years, but for me, when I started, it was doing this camp and at least the first year that I did it, um, I was really undersized. I was young for my grade. I was kind of at the the tail end of um, the the group that I was in, and so I ended up being the the odd man out. And they had to pull in a, a player from outside of the camp uh, to compete with me. And we ended up doing pretty well in the tournament. Uh, obviously, not as well as I had hoped, and it was kind of a, a frustrating experience. So after that, I really pushed myself to. Uh, to join that that A1 group and be a part of the the traveling team the next year. Nice. So what do you really enjoy about this? Like obviously to to move and like you said stay on ca- couches and call in favors and kind of not spend the summer at home with your high school friends but to actually kind of live in another city to focus on beach volleyball. What kind of got you hooked to play and kind of be pursuing the highest level? Yeah, so the really thing that drove me the thing that drove me to to go down to Hermosa and Manhattan Beach over the summer and, and couch surf and kind of be scrounging for a place to stay at 16 and 17 years old was really this this kind of drive behind the USA program. Uh, the coaches were all amazing. I loved every coach that I had. And our teams were extremely competitive. It was all kids my age who all were competing at a higher level than me. And so it really drove me to, to be the best that I could be. And even more than that, it was, it was a mixed team where we would practice, uh, the female team and the male team together and we would share coaches. And so we really built this kind of family around, uh, this group that we had. And so each summer it wasn't, it was leaving my friends at home, but it was going to this kind of second family where we all hung out together and we all trained together and eventually we all traveled together. And so I think for me, that was really the enticing part of the USA program was it wasn't just practicing with a group of people twice a week. It was being a part of this family where you were competing every day to be your best. Nice. And when it came time to be selected for Worlds, was that also a selection or was that like a mini tournament you had to win? How does it work for you to kind of qualify and represent the USA at, at a U19 or a U21? Yeah, so 
at that time when I was competing, it was a, a selection from the coaches that decided who went to travel to these international tournaments. Um, it was us competing in practices and playing kind of a, a round robin where we would play with everyone and kind of figure out who worked well together, who would be good teams to travel, and then the coaches would make the selection. And I believe that's now changed to a tournament where the the top two teams are selected, like first and second place in this tournament get kind of the bid to travel, and then the third place team is a, is a, a practice team and an alternate team. I believe that's the system that they've switched over to now. And what do you remember from your first international competition? Is there anything that kind of stood out as like a wow moment for you internationally? Or was it was it kind of what you expected? Because like you said, you were always playing against high-level caliber that, that going on tour may have not been that different for you. I think the biggest thing for me traveling for that first time going to Portugal was really walking out into the stadium. And they had an amazing setup there. It was beautiful. And just kind of coming to the realization that I was competing for my country um, in a place that was completely foreign to me and being surrounded by other people from different countries who were really there for the exact, the exact same reason and kind of shared the passion that I had. And I did it more so in the second tournament that I traveled to, but it was really an amazing experience to meet people from other countries who are my age and also love playing beach volleyball. And I still keep in touch with some of those people today. So I feel like that was something that I didn't really expect going into the tournament, but really developing those connections with other athletes from different countries around the world was a really amazing experience. Yeah. We've had other athletes who go to youth events and comment like Harry Jones from England talked about how he's made some lifelong friends. So when you arrive, are you like so dialed in on the competition that you don't want to talk to anybody or is it such, such an inclusive environment that it's pretty easy to talk to people and learn about their culture and kind of hear where they came from. So I think that's awesome that you mentioned Harry, because he was one of the people that I met at the U 21 worlds. Um, oh, no yeah. Yeah. So he was one of those people that stuck out as just a really amazing person uh, who's easy to connect with and a really, really fun guy to be around. And so at least for me, it was it was more so after the competition that we really connected with other teams. But but certainly there's this idea that while you're there to beat the other team, you're also there competing and there's this this respect between you Um but I would say it was more so kind of after the tournament was over that people really connected and got to know each other. Um, while you were out there, it was, it was win or lose. You were there to win. You were, you were there to win. You were there to beat the other teams. So I would say there wasn't as much of that, that friendliness and that connection until after the tournament was over. Right. Right. So with you being in your senior year, are you looking to pursue indoor as kind of a first option? Are you looking to pursue beach or are you just going to, uh, take your, your film degree and take that as, as far as you can go right off the bat? Yeah, so after graduation, I'm planning on on really pursuing this, uh, this documentary film career that I'm heading towards, and I certainly want to stay connected with beach volleyball and keep training and keep working at that, and I definitely want to want to give the AVP tour a shot and see how well I can compete at that level um, for beach volleyball. But I would say my my priority after graduation is really trying to 
develop my film career first, um, but certainly uh, still have my my sights set on competing in beach volleyball in the future. Yeah, I know we're a volleyball show, but if you wouldn't mind just talking us through it, anyone who has you on Instagram kind of gets to see all the projects you're up to. But uh, it looks like you got to do the whole package, right? You directed, shot, and edited your own project. Do you just want to fill us in on that and how how challenging or rewarding that was? Yeah, so uh, really Ohio State has done an amazing job building this, uh, this system around athletes where in the last few years they're working to – uh, develop careers for athletes after they graduate, which I think is an amazing program and something I want to uh, to uh, look into more with a documentary film in the future. But this last summer, I got to do an internship through Ohio State Athletics, where over the course of three months, I developed a, a feature-length film. Um, and that was really an amazing experience to, to see that Ohio State was interested in developing uh, my passions in my career outside of volleyball and not just me as an athlete. Um, and I think that's something that that they're working really hard on, and I hope that other schools are too, because I think more and more so uh, it's kind of coming to light that while it's amazing to compete as an athlete at a university, it's also really important that your university support you in what you're going to do after college. Now, is there anything you would want us or our listeners to know about uh, that's kind of challenging? Like, how long does a project like that take? Like, I imagine scripting and planning and finding places to shoot. Like, I imagine there's a lot that goes into it. Obviously, you're very passionate about it, but it, I think it's it's more difficult than you're letting on, I think. Yeah, so with the, with the internship I did this summer, it was three months, and we finished a 90-minute film. And going into it, I really had no idea what I was doing in terms of the, the amount of work that it would take. And it was really over my head. And once I got started, I kind of realized that, oh, my gosh, this is going to take a lot. And um, I essentially spent my entire summer working pretty much 10 hours a day for, for two and a half months. And I absolutely loved it. It was an amazing project and a really great start to my filmmaking career. But certainly not something I want to do again. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, it was a little aggressive with our, with our vision of finishing such a big project so fast. And I don't recommend to anyone trying to make a film like that in that short of a period. Um, <laughs> but, but I was really happy with kind of how it came together and it really challenged me to, to push myself to do this in a time frame that was really not realistic whatsoever. Um, but definitely an amazing experience and it, it turned out better than I had hoped. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that. So we typically like to wrap up every episode with just a, a funny story from the road, just to kind of show people that even though you're, you're playing at the highest level, you've represented your country that, um, some silly or odd stuff still happens to volleyball players on the road. Might, might be that we're just a bunch of weird people, or it might be that just when you travel so much stuff happens, but, uh, do, do you have any stories that can kind of leave us on a laugh here? Yeah, so one story that comes to mind is from our traveling to the the U19 trip when we went to Portugal. And it was my first time traveling, and I was with this group of people who I really liked being around. But at that point, I didn't know a whole lot about. We had been training together for for about a, a month and a half, maybe two months. And so we were friends, but certainly we hadn't spent 
that much time together um, and traveling together, you spend every single minute with these people. And there was a moment that really stood out to me when we were in the airport and we were all kind of gathered together in a circle, this group of young American athletes in, I believe it was, oh, I'm spacing on, on the city, but it was in Portugal. And we're all sitting there playing this heads up game on somebody's phone where you have a category and you're trying to guess what the, what the item is on your phone above your head. And one of the girls on our team, Allie, was, it was her turn and she was holding the phone above her head and the phone said, Ireland. And somebody on the team, I cannot remember who it, who it was. We're all trying to, we're all trying to get it right. And you're not, you're not allowed to say the word or anything that like directly connects to it. But somebody just out of pure excitement screams in the most absurd Irish accent I have ever heard, luck of the Irish, in the middle of this quiet airport. And we all just start cracking up laughing. Everyone's on the floor. We're in tears. And I just remember looking up and seeing these tourists walking by us, looking at us like we were absolutely crazy. And that moment just stood out to me as a really, really pure and funny, enjoyable moment from our trip where here we are, this group of 18-year-olds from the United States just on the floor in this airport giggling. And it must have looked absolutely absurd. But to us, it was a really, really fun and amazing time. Yeah, I bet your coach was just cringing trying to cover up all the USA logos on your stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're probably trying to trying to hide the fact that we were representing the U.S. being these what probably looked like really loud and obnoxious kids, but we were just having a good time. <laughs> nice, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Well, we'll have to get you back on so you can tell a Jake McNeil or Koss or Megan and Nicole McNamara story on. But uh, thank you for for taking the time to do this. We can't look for, uh, look forward to seeing you very very soon. So that's December twenty eighth to thirty first. You'll be at the Can Am Showcase. Uh, should be should be a great event all three days. Uh, I, your your coach didn't really tip his hand on what lineups you're going to play against too, but I mean, sounds like every game's going to be competitive. Um, does sound like you guys are bringing about twenty guys though, so it sounds like the lineups are going to get mixed every game. I bet. Yeah, we're bringing a full roster, and uh, we're really excited to see kind of how we match up against these Canadian teams. Uh, since we don't get to to see you guys compete or compete against you guys very often, I'm really excited to to see how that works out. Nice. So hopefully our, our fans can now uh, connect with you, listen to the pod before you go, and then cheer you on, and hopefully get. Uh, Maybe a Penn State size crowd. I don't know. We'll we'll hope for it, but uh, maybe not likely. But we'll we'll see. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs>